Thanks for checking out the Relentless Podcast. We hope you enjoy the message. So y'all have seen that movie, right? Yeah? Okay. So when PK originally wrote this series, y'all come in, find a seat. Come on, when y'all walking around, y'all drive me crazy. When he originally wrote this series, he wrote it with the intent that he would take the word strange and do a bit of a play on it. The only problem is I didn't like the movie very much. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry if that offends your sensibilities, but I thought Dr. Tra- Dr. Strange was like, eh, I thought it was okay. Not my favorite thing in the whole world. But there were some things about the story that he really thought paralleled well, okay? How many of y'all liked the movie? If you liked it, you be brave. Put your hand up. Say, I liked Dr. Strange. Okay, a few of you. See what I mean? It was weird, right? It was like Inception meets superheroes, and it was so trippy for my brain, I almost was like, I spent half the movie trying to catch up. And then, like, everything was super, like, super Asian. There was, like, karate and everything, and, like, it just did not work for me. I couldn't do it. I really tried. I sat there the whole time, and when the movie was over, Kelm was like, you didn't like it, did you? (laughs) You could tell by the look on my face, and I was like, Eh, not so much. So when he was talking about strange, that's what it was meant to him. He was like, oh, it's like the movie. And, you know, like he had to lose everything. And then he had to learn to live again. And he had to find a new purpose. Like he drew this whole big explanation. But lately when I hear the word strange, you know what I think about? Food. Okay, now that may be weird to you, but I love food so much and I've lately discovered that I like weird food like I'm pretty much willing to try anything I cannot even think of a food that I have not tried I've eaten fried crickets yeah I've had shark I've had alligator I've had octopus I like squid calamari is great um I've had frog legs. They're a little greasy, but they're not bad. I like every ethnic type of food. I love Thai food. I tease Sarah and Matt. I actually really like Indian food. Um, I order it every time they're with me, and I promise it's not because they're with me. It's just because they make me think of it, and then I want it because it's really good. But I eat all kinds of food. To me, that's what I think of when I think strange. Like, I'm actually on Netflix right now binge-watching a chef show, which is so dumb, y'all. Kellen says that doesn't even qualify as binge-watching because it's a chef show. But it's like a documentary series about chefs of some of the finest restaurants in the entire world. And it's so weird. You look at their food on the plate, and you're like, that looks like a plant. Like, that doesn't even look like food. But I imagine it tastes amazing. But when I look at it, I mean, I saw the word strange, and I immediately went to food. And then I watched the video, and I thought, this has absolutely nothing to do with what we're going to talk about tonight. It was purely just for your enjoyment. Yes? All right. I need you to do me a favor. Pick up your chair. Pick up. No, no, no. I just want you to, I just want you to move forward a little bit, because I want to stand on the floor, because this is kind of bothering me standing up really high tonight. So I'm going to be weird. And Kellen's not here, so he'll hear about this later, and he'll be okay with it. Okay. There you go. I like it. I am still going to use the mic because he wanted to podcast this, so, yeah. Not like I'm not loud enough, but, yeah, it's fine. All right, so, yeah, yeah, y'all can still see me? Oh, you're so close. Okay, 
So tonight I'm going to talk to you guys about becoming comfortable with something that might make you uncomfortable. Okay? You like, you like my notes? Straight up, I had no laptop today and two hours to prep, and so this is my handwriting. Yes? No? You can't read that? Yeah, no one can. It's really chicken scratch. Um, so tonight I want to make you comfortable with something that probably makes you uncomfortable. Yeah, sorry. Okay, so everyone in this room, okay, there's nobody in here really that I feel like is going to be totally thrown off by this, but you ready? Are you really scared? You look kind of scared. Oh, okay, okay. Shh, I'm ready. See, Jesus was strange. BK kind of started the thought last night that Jesus was pretty strange. He was not like, oh, that got real quiet real quick. Doesn't have to be that quiet. Yeah, okay. Did I say last night? I'm so, y'all, I don't even know what day it is half the time. I promise I don't. He'll cut this out. Kellen's going to edit this, and it's going to sound really good on the podcast. Um, okay, he does make me sound smarter. Y'all, he makes me so much better. He really does. He like, so when he listens to this, he's going to love me more. Um, okay, so tonight, uncomfortable, I know. So each week, I feel like I am having more and more moments where the Holy Spirit is wanting me to do weird things. And I apologize that y'all get to be my guinea pigs. But when I met God, I started this crazy journey. I had no idea what I was getting into. I had no idea what it was. My mother had never heard the name of Jesus until she was in her 30s. I'm not kidding. Had never heard it had never stepped foot in a church, knew nothing about God. My mom and dad were so, so far from God, and most of my childhood was kind of a strange, drug-riddled dream that I barely remember. But my dad found God when I was 12, and it changed everything. And then all of a sudden, my dad was like this crazy, holy person that I did not recognize or know, and I didn't understand why. And it wasn't until years later that I started to figure it out, okay? So the thought for tonight is that you can't do this life halfway. You pretty much have to go full Jesus. You have to go full strange. You have to be willing to get totally uncomfortable because God doesn't call us to comfortable. I feel like when you look at the world around us right now, do you see any representation of Christ? No. You know why? Because we've had a good 20 to 50 years of Christians that were so comfortable that Jesus just got lost. See, if you go back 30, 40, 50 years, you see representations of Jesus everywhere. In the culture, it was very prevalent. But when it becomes uncomfortable to follow Jesus, people back up. They back off. And Jesus has just silently been removed, almost surgically removed. And I feel like there's one big reason. There's one big reason. And it's because people want to have something they believe in, but they don't want to have something that they live for. 
I know plenty of people, plenty of people say, yeah, I believe there's a God. I, I, I really don't care which God it is. I believe there's a God. And because I believe there is one, I think I'm good. He'll recognize, you know, I believe that he was there and I'm good. There's even Christians that feel like, I believe in God. I understand the whole Jesus thing. I believe in Jesus. I'm good. But God has called us to so much more. So in writing this and looking at the notes that, that Kellen wrote, because he, he writes like super structured, like really awesome notes, and then I go back through and I kind of pick through them and rearrange them in a way that works for me and looks totally weird and foreign to him. But I'm going to get you to the same place, I promise, okay? Yeah? Smile at me. No one's hitting you with hot pokers. All right. <laughs> I'm going full strange tonight. Are you ready? Uh -huh. Okay, okay. <laughs> Do I say it weird? Kellen's going to edit that out. It's okay. <laughs> okay. So here. What made Jesus strange? What was it? I mean, other than the fact that he was the son of God in flesh living on earth. I get all that. That's totally strange. But what in his actions, what in his lifestyle made him strange? There are two things, and I want to point them out to you because they absolutely change the way you do things if you can apply it. See, Jesus heard what others didn't, and he saw what others couldn't. Now, I want to break that down for you a little bit because I truly believe that those two things make such a crazy radical difference in the way you live. He heard things others didn't. Now, I can show you multiple times in the Bible. Kellen actually meticulously put together this list of all these times, and I'm just going to give you like the highlights. Jesus went off to be alone and pray over and over and over and over and over and over and over. There you go. Jesus constantly. I had 20 different scriptures, and I'll say, Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to pray. Jesus went up into the hills to pray. Jesus went on top of the mountain to pray. In the garden, Jesus said, hey, guys, sit here because I have to go pray. And then when he prayed for a long time, he came back, and they were all, they were all passed out. And he said, guys, wake up. We still need to pray. It's not an amazing miracle that Jesus heard from God like he did. It's because he got alone and prayed. Now, I want to mention something to you that I thought was absolutely hysterical. Cambridge University, very well-known, like famous university, did this study about how people handle alone time. Because nowadays, you have a phone in your hand, you're pretty much never actually alone. And I'm going to pull several things from the study for different points tonight because I found it really, really interesting. But when 100 people were made to sit alone in a room for 15 minutes, at the end of 15 minutes, they were given the option. Will you sit alone for another 15 minutes? Or will you take an electric shock? Which would you prefer? They were not told. They were not told. Yeah, okay. See, this is what's funny. It says that's all the information they got. 
And over 90% of the people would rather be shocked than be alone. Yeah. Yeah, no phone. Just sitting alone in a room with their thoughts. Okay? No crayons. No color pages. No. Okay? So listen. These were not religious people, so to speak. These were not people who were going to have prayer time. This was 15 minutes sitting alone in a room. And people were literally so uncomfortable being alone that when given the option of 15 more minutes, that's not a lot of being alone, over 90% chose to be shocked by an unknown volume of, I don't know, shockage? What's the word for that? Voltage? He's going to edit that out. I said voltage. Um, (laughs) Oh, how do I say it? By an unknown amount of voltage. There you go. Thank you. So, it made me think, why are people so uncomfortable being alone? Most of the time, I would say, if you even tried to be alone for 15 minutes without your phone, you'd probably go crazy. See, now that would be nice, wouldn't it? Being grounded. Sometimes I wish someone would ground me and get rid of my phone. Okay, so this is what I'm saying. On average, the average teenager checks their phone every four minutes. Every four minutes. In in the same study, they said, as far as cell phones go, this is a little test they did I thought was really cool. So they had 20 teenagers come in with their cell phones, sit down, let them sit for 15 minutes or so until an instructor came in, taught a 10-minute lesson, gave them a five-question quiz on the lesson, and took their grades. The next test group they brought in, they made them put their phones in a basket in the lobby, had them sit for 15 minutes, whereas the first group, the room was completely silent the whole 15 minutes. Everyone just sat on their phones and then listened to the class and took the quiz. This time, within three minutes, people were talking. People talked the whole 15 minutes. The teacher came in, gave the same 10-minute lesson, the same five-question quiz, and the entire class scored more than 10% better. They found that there's a part of your brain, the distraction part of your brain, that when measured, if your phone is in the same room as you, it's lit up. And 100% of your brain power cannot focus. Isn't that weird? Science is weird. I like science. Okay, sorry. Anyway, The whole point of that is so that you would see that alone time for you guys isn't really alone time because you always have your phone. Even today, when I got ready to pray for tonight, I put my phone on do not disturb because the band kept sending me 50 bajillion messages while I was trying to pray. And I couldn't even pray and focus with it on do not disturb. I had to literally put my phone in the other room and go and shut the door and pray because I couldn't focus. These people didn't want to be alone in the test. They did not want to be alone. But I find it so interesting that Jesus over and over and over again keeps going off in the wilderness to be alone. He wants to be in the garden to be alone, to pray. And the disciples didn't get it. They just let him wander off alone all the time. How do you think Jesus knew what was going on, what to do the next day, what to say to this person, how to handle this situation? Because he spent so much time alone 
with God. So my thought for you would be that if you at all could find a rhythm of alone that you spent with God, maybe you could hear in a way that Jesus heard. Because obviously you heard differently. I found that when I need to be alone with God, sometimes I have to wait. I have to go be alone and shut my brain up for a little while. Because the first thing I do when I pray is pretty much just to recite my list of, God, I need this, and I need this, and I need this, and please help me here, and Lord, help me with this, and blah, blah, blah. And I just run my mouth for the first part of prayer. And then at some point, I'm like, okay, God, I'm going to shut up. You know the discipline it takes to actually shut up and listen? It's insane. I'd say most of you probably don't try it that often. I challenge you to try it. I challenge you to try it. But see, Jesus heard what others didn't hear because he got alone. The second part is that Jesus saw what others couldn't. And I thought this was really interesting, a couple of examples. So when Jesus was approached by the man possessed by demons, basically approached by a madman, the people saw a crazy person. Jesus saw a preacher someone who with a healed life would go back and it said would bring his entire village. Whenever the woman was caught in adultery and they brought her before Jesus, see, people saw sin. They saw punishment. But Jesus saw forgiveness. Whenever Jesus sat and ate with the tax collectors and the sinners, people saw scum. Jesus saw people that needed saving. Whenever people needed healing, when they were sick, people would see death. Jesus would see life. That type of perspective shift is a little different. And I think that if we could start to see people the way Jesus saw people, it would be huge. And y'all can laugh at this. That would be Evie's drawings in the middle of my notes. Yeah. I know. They're lovely. She's so cool. (laughs) Okay. So to hear like Jesus heard or see like Jesus saw. Because seeing requires looking. Now I'm going to tell you something. Did none of you ever tell your parents? I would say that I have driven in my car on autopilot more times than I care to admit. I have probably gotten home sometimes, pulled in my driveway, and literally had to shake my head and be like, whoa, I was just at the light. What in the world? I sometimes drive on autopilot because I've been driving for longer than y'all have been alive. I've been driving for 18 years. Oh, my gosh. I shouldn't have said that out loud. (laughs) I have been driving for so long that I just do it on instinct. Like, I don't even think about it. The only time I really have to think about driving is when someone's driving near me that's an idiot, and then I, like, have to really pay attention because I'm hitting my brakes or whatever's going on. But I drive on autopilot a lot. Can I challenge you and say that I think most of you live on autopilot way too much? You just go here. And you go there, and you're in a waiting room somewhere, you sit on your phone, 
And you go to Walmart and you grab what you need and you leave. How many people do you think you see in Walmart by the time you walk to your car, walk inside, find what you need, check out, and leave? Okay, now here's my challenge for you, okay? There's actually a thing now. Have you heard of this term? It's called fubbing. P-H-U-B-B-I-N-G. Fubbing. It's when you basically snub someone because you're on your phone. Like you're having a conversation with someone and you get a text and you just check it. Or you, you go somewhere and someone's having a conversation and you walk in the room and you don't want to be a part of anyone's conversation, so you just immediately get on your phone. It's like the international sign for don't talk to me. Headphones also, I agree. But this is my challenge, okay? So PK and I moved a year ago now. How many of y'all went to our old house? Okay, you were at the old house? Okay. So in the old house, we lived in what we called Gonna Get Stabsville. And you, okay, you say it wasn't that bad, but guy three houses down is selling drugs in the street. Every other afternoon, we had to drive around the cars. We considered our neighbors, Kellen gave them names. Next door was Smokes a Lot Lady. Across the street was a guy who watches football in his garage. And the guy next to us, a guy that drums at midnight. And these were our, our neighbors. That was all we knew about these people, okay? We lived there for two years. And that's all we knew about those people. Now, I'll be honest, I kind of took it as we're in a creepy neighborhood. We just moved two hours away from everyone we know. We are really busy people. I'm just going to go in my house and shut the... I don't need to know my neighbors, and I'll be honest, I'll say it. That's kind of how I thought of it. I'm having a very weird awakening with God right now in the way of seeing. Because now that I've moved to the neighborhood I'm in, we've been here a year, I know the names, relationships, children, ages, where they went to school, dogs' names, etc., of every person on my street. No, I'm not. Because people were really friendly and they came out and introduced themselves and my kids play in the street because it's a safer neighborhood and we've got to know. The parents just drag their chairs, their lawn chairs out to the side of the road in the evenings and let the kids play. There are 26 kids on my street, Allie and Evie and Dash and Kay's age. So when all of them are on their bikes, there's like 30 parents out there and we're just hanging out talking. It is a very strange shift, like whole life shift. But I had an interaction the other day, y'all, and I'll be honest, it kind of has me shook. Shh. Allie brought her little friend to church, to the festival on Saturday, okay? I didn't think a lot about it because over the years the kids have brought friends to church. But when we left and we went home, Allie told me, she said, Mom, she had a lot of fun. She really liked it. She's going to talk to her parents about it. And then the mom starts asking me questions, and my neighbor, she's like, you know what? We're going we're gonna to try to come Sunday. And I kind of looked at Kellen, and I was like, whoa, our real world's like crossing paths with our church world. Like, this is really weird. And then I got so stinking convicted. Because these are people that God loves and cares about 
and he stuck me right in the middle of their world. And I didn't even care to get to know him. When I think about the old neighborhood, I actually had a whole conversation with God. I'm like, what would have happened? What would have happened if I'd have went and talked to a guy who drums at midnight? What about the, I don't know. What if, you know what? I don't even care if it makes me uncomfortable. We had, Michelle was at our house the other night, and they had this huge block party because Mr. Peter cooks like amazing tacos and food and stuff. And all the men are out there. They're passing beers around like it's a big thing. Kellen, Kellen was like, do y'all got any tea? And they're like, no, but the kid bucket has Capri Suns. So Kellen whips out his Capri Sun, and he's standing there with all the dads. And I tried to get a picture, and he's like, don't take a picture, don't take a picture. And I was like, but it was so cute, y'all. But what's funny is I think we get in our Christian bubble, and we're like, we can't associate with them. They're not saved. They don't know Jesus. And at some point, I think God is trying to say, if you could see like Jesus saw, For a second, would you see that person as someone that has value to me? Would you treat them like someone who has value to me? But you have to be a little bit strange. When you guys think about your school, what would happen for a week if you did not even take your phone, ditch the phone for a week, and when you were in the hallways at your locker, on a bus, standing out after a practice. If you looked around and took inventory of the people you see regularly and tried to ask God, I know all these people matter to you. Right now, maybe they don't matter to me, but maybe they should. That it would change your perspective because Jesus just saw people different. But we are like in this routine of autopilot living. Our life is on autopilot. You walk out to your car or your bus. You go. You go to school. You do your classes. You sit with all these people, and you are trained to think, I need to do my schoolwork. I need to pay attention. I need to focus. i got to take these tests. i got to do the stupid star junk. i got to get through high school. i got to go to college. i got to get a career so I can get a family and have children and settle down and make money and have all this stuff. And that's the point of life. What if I told you that I, I don't care if you make A's? I mean, I want you to care about school. I cared about school. But at some point, your school and your future and your college and your life cannot be your only focus. God didn't put us here to go to college. God put us here to save people so they can go to heaven. So what if you rearrange your autopilot and you start to include the way Jesus hears and the way Jesus sees and start to live your life like you actually have something to live for? Thank you. You should clap. I feel like I'm like I'm I'm really getting it now. I'm preaching. All right. <laughs> I even wrote this out like in emphasis and underlined. What would happen if the 40 kids in this room rose up, listened to God, did what he said? What would look different? I have one one story to close it up because I'll be honest, I'm not good at this. I have been so convicted just by my neighbors 
I even thought, you know what? I'm going to send a text message to the neighbor ladies, the moms. We're going to go have brunch. I never would have done this in my whole life. I'm not, I'm a social with y'all because I like y'all and kind of like Jesus said that I should do this. So y'all are my people. But, but I'm not good with like grownups. I like, I am the oldest of all the women on my block and I promise you I'm the coolest. Like I am, I am young in my brain because I'm with you guys all the time. I'll make a Taylor Swift joke and they're like, I don't listen to Taylor Swift. I graduated in the year 2000. Well, I graduated in the year 2002, but I like her. I like, we have all these things that make me feel like I don't fit in with people my age, which I know is weird, but it's actually kind of true. But God is challenging me to not separate my Christian life and my church life anymore. He does not want, he wants it to cross over. What happens if the neighbors start coming to our church? What happens if we go to brunch with these ladies and one of them needs prayer and I get to pray with them? I can tell you only one family on my street goes to church. But the other night, I sat in their backyard. They had a shrimp boil. And I talked about church for 40 minutes. We sat in this group and talked with them. And they looked at me like, you do what? Explain it. Of my neighbors in my neighborhood, three-quarters of them grew up in Aldine, which is super weird. But we had this strange connection. And they're like, you mean the kids in your group, you guys do that for them? I didn't have anything like that growing up. And it was a moment of weird, like, church world, real world, like, crossing over that is so bizarre to me. But, guys, if we could do it, if you could do it, man, the difference it would make. I can tell you I have had one interaction in the past couple of years that I will say God got a hold of me in public to do something Jesus-y. And, guys, it was strange. So about... um, Six, seven years ago, I worked for this company, and I worked in the office of a gourmet food business, and they flew me out to Chicago for a food show, a trade show. Um, Yes, I did have a job one day before this. Isn't that weird? I've had a lot of them, actually. Um, But this one in particular, I had to, like, business class, dress nice with my little rolling bags, go through the airport by myself, fly to Chicago, check into this nice hotel, register for the trade show. Like, I was doing this grown-up thing, and I felt so official, y'all. I was 25, and it's the first time I've ever flown by myself, and I was, like, so official. I was in heels in the airport. Hey. Like, I was walking, I was like, I feel really, really official. So I flew to Chicago, and I did this whole show. And when it was over, when I flew home, I made the biggest mistake. I was so exhausted that night, I forgot to charge my phone. And I got up to go to the airport. I took a taxi to the airport and had a a two-and-a-half-hour flight home, and I had no phone. Well, 10 years ago when this happened, uh, it was actually 10 years, oh, my God. Um, Planes didn't have the TV things. You know, like you fly now, they have the TVs? Yeah, planes didn't always have those. So I just had, like, my very first iPhone 1. And it was not charged. Okay? So on this flight home, I had nothing to do. I didn't even have a book to my name. I know. If you know me and you know I like to read, you know that is kind of shocking. So, strange. I think God kind of had a hand in some of this. Anyway, I thought, you know what? I have two small kids at home. Allie and Evie were like three and one. And I thought, I never get any alone time. I have two hours on a plane. So, God, I'm just going to close my eyes because I don't really want to talk to people. And I'm just going to pretend I'm napping, but I just want to talk. 
And I kind of had just, it wasn't like spiritual. There wasn't speaking in tongues on the airplane. The captain didn't get saved. It wasn't anything like that. But on the flight home, I just kind of was like talking to God. I had like two and a half hours. I'm just talking, talking. And then kind of was like, oh, that was nice. When we landed, I was like, two hours already? I was actually kind of shocked. And I was like, okay, God, that was cool. Let's go home. Little did I know. God was going to make me do something really weird. So I go down to baggage claim. And I need to collect my bag. And if you ever stood at a baggage claim for any amount of time, when the bags never come, it's like you're just standing there waiting on this stupid rotating thingy. And everyone's irritated because your bags aren't coming and you're just waiting. No one can go anywhere. You're stuck. So I'm standing there and I'm waiting on baggage and I'm starting to get really irritated. I'm like, the bags are not coming. The bags are not coming. I'm going to stand here forever. And then Kellen's texting me and he's like, I'm here. And I couldn't even answer because I literally, my phone was dead. So afterwards, he's like, I texted you like 5,000 times. I'm like, sorry, I couldn't text you. I'm just waiting. And I'm standing there and I promise y'all, I stood there for at least 10 minutes, 15 minutes. Bags are not coming. People are starting to get irritated. And I happen to notice that a little bit back this way, I still remember, which is weird, looking back over my shoulder and being like, like, don't look. Like, I feel like I was intruding. There's like two ladies over here. One of them's crying, like visibly, tears rolling down her cheeks, crying. And I'm thinking, well, the bags are taking forever, but geez, lady. Like, I was like, okay. But it took a second, and I did like a double take. And I realized this lady's crying in baggage claim. And I thought for a second, who cries at baggage claim? I mean, no one cries at baggage claim. So I actually had a moment, and y'all, it didn't even take a split second, and God was like, are you stupid? There's a woman crying at baggage claim. And I had to actually be like, I was petrified. And I immediately thought, okay, he probably wants me to pray for her. I'm going to go pray for this lady. And I'm standing there, and God's like, I want you to go tell her that it's not her fault. I'm not going to go up to a strange woman in baggage claim who's crying and tell her it's not her fault. It's like, God, are you an insane person? I, I have these conversations with God because we get, we get pretty real and it's okay. But I was like, God, I'm not doing that. That's crazy. I will tell you, this is the single first time that I've ever had this happen in my life. And I was like, God, I'm not going to go over to this woman. And I look, and then, of course, now I'm in that uncomfortable, like, I'm not going over there. God, I'm not going over there. No, you got to find someone. There's another Christian here. Call them. I was like, I'm not doing this. There has to be another Christian in this airport. Please, God. And so I'm standing there, and I keep thinking the bags are going to come. I'm going to get out of this. The bags are going to show up, and I'm going to grab my bag, and I'm going to get to go. And I stood there for another 10 minutes, y'all. I'm so stubborn. And I was like, I'm not doing it, God. I can't. I can't do it. This is humiliating. This woman's going to punch me in an airport baggage claim. I'm going to offend her. This is, like, I can't do it. And I warred in my brain. And finally, I thought the bags are never coming, apparently. What's the harm? She didn't know me. What if I say it really fast and then, like, run away? I'm just going to do it. I'm going to bite the bullet. I'm going to go to it. And so I kind of do, like, a... Oh, I don't want to do this. Like, I was so uncomfortable. And I walk over there, and I just put my shoulder, my hand on her shoulder, and I said, Ma'am, 
I'm so sorry to interrupt you. And this may sound really crazy. I'm sorry if it sounds crazy. Like I came with all these prefaces because I was so uncomfortable. I'm sorry if this sounds crazy, but but I'm a Christian. And, and God said that I need to tell you that it's not your fault. Like, never done this in my life. So freaked out. And y'all, the woman like collapses on the floor in tears. Like, ah! and the lady wraps her arms around her that's with her. And I just froze. Oh, God, I just killed a woman in baggage claim. Like, I really had no idea how to process this. And the woman who had her arms wrapped around her, she reaches over and she grabbed my hand. And she said, ma'am, it's not crazy. I said, we're Christian. I totally understand. She goes, but this is my niece. And she had to take her mom off life support this morning. And she thinks that it, she's so broken about it that she had to make the choice. Basically, that she had to tell them to turn it off. She lost her mom this morning. And the lady looked up, and she's like, I needed that. And I sat there, and I prayed with her on the floor of baggage claim. And wouldn't you know it, the bags start flying out as soon as I prayed with this woman. But I grabbed my bag, and I walked out to the car, and Kellen picked me up. And I promise you, I got in the car, and I just wept like a five-year-old. I was like, I didn't know what to do with this woman. I was so a mess, y'all. And it's never, it hasn't happened to me since nine years ago almost now. But it shook me to the point where I have never forgot. Like, I can remember it like it was yesterday. I still get chills like it was yesterday. It completely is etched in my brain. And I wonder if I'd have sat on my phone the whole flight home and I wouldn't have been praying, would I have been aware enough to hear God's voice in that moment? I think there are so many things that could have changed. What if the bags would have shown up right away and I would have left? I mean, so many things. I would have never noticed the woman. She was on my flight. I didn't notice her. But in one moment, I stopped and took notice of a person in my world and asked God, what's going on? And that quick, he gave me some direction. Now, that's not always going to happen. Like I said, it's been nine years. I haven't prayed with a woman at an airport in a long time. I may never happen. It may never happen again. But now, I'm praying for my neighbor, Kay, and her husband, Peter. And I'm praying for my neighbors down the street. And I'm praying for people in my world because God cares about them. And because Jesus hears differently because he spends time alone with God. And he sees differently because he sees value in every person, even the people that we would write off. And so following Jesus, to me, you have to be willing to be a little strange. Some people are completely content with a, I believe in God, I'm going to follow the rules, I'm going to go to heaven, things are good. And you know what? I hope that you have that type of belief, that it's really strong, that you have that. But what if, guys? What if you were absolutely willing to go full Jesus? To discipline yourself to hearing. 
to change your autopilot life to seeing. You would have to make some changes, right? You have to do things differently. Even when you leave here tonight, you'd have to do things differently. And I think maybe I'm tired of having a spiritual world and a non-spiritual world. Because God doesn't see the difference. To God, we're just his people, and this is just his world. So I want you to bow your heads and close your eyes. No fancy music, nothing like, we're just going to pray. I know that in this message tonight, there was something for you. I didn't use half my slides. I didn't even read the scripture. I got nowhere, but I think I gave you what God wanted you to get tonight. And maybe you go home and read John 14, 12 on your own. Don't forget it. John 14, 12. Read it on your own. But we're going to pray. God, I ask that you would help us to see and to hear the way you do. Maybe we would start to realize what our real purpose in this life is, God, that it's not so one-dimensional. But there's potential in our every day to live this life for you. Not something we believe in, God, but something we live for. God, that you challenge every heart in this room to go home tonight and evaluate, what can I do differently? What can I do? Because, God, whether it's through your word, through scripture, through the Bible, whether you speak to us that way or whether you speak to us when we're listening and talking to you, you're always speaking. And, God, if we can take that and run with it, that people's lives would be different, God, that people's lives would be changed. That's why we're here. We're here, God, to do things different. We're not here to just slide into this life and not stick out. We are here to be strange. That we would go home tonight and really think about, God, what it means to go next level with you. How much we want it, God. Are we willing to embrace it? Are we willing to make the changes we need to make to get there? God, I thank you. You'd put us in a place every week, God, to continue to make this trek, to continue to grow and learn and understand. God, I thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. So tonight the goal was to try to make you comfortable with something, obviously, that would make you very uncomfortable. But I hope that you listen, that you will go back and re-listen to this podcast once it's really well edited and I sound super smart and really well prepared. And that y'all have an awesome week, okay? Yes? All right. We love you guys. Y'all have a really, really, really great week. And we will see you on Sunday. We hope you enjoyed the message. For more from Relentless, hit subscribe or check us out on Instagram or Facebook.